Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 22nd day of November 2013. And today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are starting from the beginning. We are starting from the title page, and then we will move to the preface. And today's readers are... The Twelve Steps, Margaret K, Twelve Traditions, Meg O, Katie G, Kim, Hoodie, and Rebecca. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday the 21st of November, is 5503. 5503. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Margaret Kay to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for you. Excuse me. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Seven, I'm sorry, eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. I will now ask Meg O. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Monica. Good morning. My name is Meg O., and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Vermont. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 
7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Meg. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a page or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your commenting to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book, and we are starting over at the beginning here this morning with the title page, and then we will move into the preface. And I will ask Katie G. to begin reading, please. Good morning, Monica. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, grateful to be here on the line abstinent and sober this morning. Thank God. Okay, so... Here we go. Alcoholics Anonymous. The story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. The fourth edition. And this is from Alcoholics Anonymous World Service, Inc., New York City, 2001. And then we're moving over to the preface. This is the fourth edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. The first edition appeared in April 1939, and in the following 16 years, more than 300,000 copies went into circulation. The second edition, published in 1955, reached a total of more than 1,150,500 copies. The third edition, which came off press in 1976, achieved a circulation of approximately 19,550,000 in all formats. So here we are. We're starting over again. Thank God. And I want to go um, to that the, the title page. So what's the name of our book, Alcoholics Anonymous? When I first came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I was like, why in God's name are we reading a book about a bunch of alcoholics? And not just a bunch of alcoholics, but I was this educated girl from an all-women's college. Why are we reading a bunch of, about a bunch of alcoholic men, for the most part, in these beginning pages? And I didn't realize the depth and weight and um, power of this book um, when, I, when I first came in and thought I knew everything. Um, so on this title page, it says, we are reading the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. So what is a story? A story is an account of people and events. So we are going to be told about how men and women, their events, how they recovered. 
And what is recovered? It's a return to a normal state of mind, health, or strength, a regaining of the possession of. And um, for me, I know that I identify as a recovered compulsive overeater. I don't know that I ever had a, a normal state of mind, but I can tell you as the result of reading this book, of reading the directions, and not just reading and not just listening on a daily basis, but actively working the steps because it is a long journey from the head to the heart. I have had the privilege to now call myself recovered. What does that mean? I need to engage in the daily active process of recovery. It's an inside job. And, um, you know, the only way to maintain as a recovered woman is to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. So really, you know, I've heard A's job is to turn the juice back on. You know, here I was listening um, or living my life based on fear, based on food, based on selfishness, based on my addiction to the comp- consumption of food, my mental illness, uh, my compulsive behavior resulting from food dependency that I thought was going to solve my problem. And then why are we reading the preface? Really, who cares about the preface? I don't know about you guys, but I get a book out of the library and I just skip ahead. But a preface is an introduction to the book stating its subject, scope, or aims. Ladies and men, like we are reading a book over 19,550,000 in all formats. I have got to believe that if this book didn't work, if the, if the suggested content of this textbook, because that's what this is, is a textbook and we are going to be tested on it, and the test is called our life, is God everything or nothing? Are we going to eat or are we not going to eat? It's working because it has been published in so many different formats. People who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And thank you, God, for these um, the, the beginnings of this um, of this book that we're going to read about, and for the clear cut directions that took a really low bottom drunk food addict compulsive overeater who thought that the best thing that could happen to me was a binge and didn't know how to do anything but live a life based on self-centered fear, that I now get the privilege of living um, based on God and based on others. And um, it is a privilege to be here and to be starting this journey again, to turn this juice back on. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. And would anyone like to share on what has been read here this morning? Star one to unmute. Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, you know, this book was was penned um, after thousands of hours of discussion, and it's the collective voice and wisdom and experience of those who blaze the trail ahead of us. It says how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. I mean, it is a textbook. It is a manual uh, that takes us um, through the 12 steps and has a very clear and precise goal and aim and objective. And that goal and aim and an objective is to get to a place called recovered. And that occurs as the result of a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And how you get one of those is the implementation of the steps that are written in very clear-cut directions in these pages. I mean, just think about other textbooks that you're familiar with. I mean, textbooks get updated from time to time. New knowledge is acquired, um, and an author sets out to update and improve the knowledge that was already previously written. These pages, these first 164 pages have been left untouched because no one has been able to improve on this solution. And it's my personal experience and my personal belief 
that the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which we're about to read, contains the best and most powerful directions for doing the steps quickly that gives me a relief from the obsession that sends me back to the food that beckons me. I mean, the question is, are you free from mental obsession? That's the question. Are you free from mental obsession? What the steps do is expel, drive out that greater aspect of the, of the disease. And that is called being in a place that is uh, recovered. You know, that's what the steps do is take away the mental obsession and substitute for that mental obsession a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, a sense of harmony with the universe, and a unity with life that allows me to become sane again. And that is possible. You know, people don't think that that is possible in our community of Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm here to say that a place of being recovered is a place of possibility for a real compulsive overeater. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I am not cured, but I am a recovered compulsive overeater, not a recovering one. I am not cured, but I am recovered. And this is an opportunity that each and every one of us has by following and submitting to this process. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. I'd like to share. And your name, please? My name is Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Go ahead. Yes, my name is Nancy, and um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, the preface is very important uh, when you're looking for a, a, a book to read. Uh, for me, I look at the preface to determine if it has uh, the information I'm seeking or or if it's something I'd be interested in reading uh, without having to peruse the entire book. And the first paragraph lets me know that a lot of people have read this book, so it must have some worth because not only um, was a lot of books sold during the first circulation, but um, the popularity or the worth of the book um, cause it to double, you know, uh, the initial printing. So um, this is a book of work and something that I that might be of help to me. Um, just from the first page, just from reading the first paragraph, uh, information is given that this is a book of work. It has some information that uh, is important, and I am just so grateful that this book was published that this information is available, was available for me, is available for me on a daily basis. Uh, I suffer suffer from short-term memory around this disease, so it is important that I have the literature, this literature to read on a daily basis so that I am reminded that uh, there is a solution and that there are certain things I must do every day. And this book has played the an integral part in freeing me from this life debilitating uh disease. So I you know, um when I first started reading the big book I, I skimmed over the preface and uh um, I wanted to get right into the meat, the heart and the meat of the book. But the preface and the four the preface to the uh the preface and the four words to each edition it's rich with uh, recovery information. So thank you so very much for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Would anyone else like to share on this? This is Elaine. Elaine? Hi. Go ahead. This is Elaine, recovered in Massachusetts, and um, I hope you can hear me okay. I have a little bit of a cold. Um from when I very first came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, it was always clear to me that there were people who had what I want and there were people who didn't. And consistently, the people who had what I want had practiced the big book. They had applied it in their lives and they were living it out. And um, I went through uh, many years, actually, of, of trying to achieve recovery from doing it myself continuing to see examples of people here and there 
who had what I wanted. Um, but it was a little bit elusive to me to, until I found this meeting that, you know, line by line, page by page is going through the big book, what it says, how to apply it in our lives. And by working with a recovered sponsor who is able to um, give me the direction and the feedback that I need. And as a result of that, I have experienced a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery. And I have achieved and received that amazing, incredible gift of, um, of recovery. And now I can be an example for others. And what I think about is where it talks about working with others, that if all you have is this book in your hand, that is enough. It's all you need. And I think about the fact that there's over 19 million um, copies out there. Some of them are sitting on shelves collecting dust because at any moment they could be taken down and bring about recovery, not just for the person holding the book, but for all of those around them because the brilliance of this program is that in order to keep it, you have to give it away. So I'm so grateful for this meeting that helps us, you know, line by line, even the preface and the title page, I love that, um, to really examine this book, to, uh, to, to learn what it means to us and what it can mean to others to apply it. And uh, as my sponsor says, you know, you never have to go back to the food again as long as you commit to the practice and the study of the big book. And so thank you all for this amazing resource of a vision for you and all the ways that it enables me and so many others to do that. With that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine. And this is Monica, and I would like to share here. And right yeah. off the bat here, the very title page, what hope here, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered, recovered, they're not afraid here to say this, recovered from alcoholism. You know, they're recovered. They have solved the drink problem. They're different from what they used to be. And I have, you know, to me, this is such hope, such hope here that we're being given. And um, right on the title page and then the preface, like was said, that this, they're telling us right off the bat here how this book flew off the shelves from the very first printing in 1939 to 1976, how many millions of books have been put out there. And I just want to add one little tidbit of information here. This is just an added little thing. that In 2012, the Library of Congress here in, in America uh, placed this book as one of the top 88 books that helped shape America. Just, and with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who wants to share on this before we move on? Good morning, Monica. This is Janice M. from Massachusetts. Good morning, Janice. Go ahead. Good morning to you. Yes, um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater. It's it's just so wonderful what this says. It's so simple. It's it's a how-to book for any one of us who has a problem with either compulsive with compulsive eating, whether you're overeating or undereating. This is a how-to book, and there's two words: recovered and alcoholism. Okay. And I think it was explained very well about what recovered is. See, people think, oh, recovered, cure. No. In our case, recovered. Recovered is that the illness, that the, um, illness on a daily basis is solved, the problem. The problem is solved. And we find in this book, through the, the program of recovery, the power to solve the problem, because we could never pro- solve the problem, and we still can't solve the problem. It's a power that's going to solve that problem, which means I am no longer over or under eating. In alcoholism, well, we can just substitute our, our disease, our illness. It doesn't say have recovered from alcohol, or it doesn't say recovered from um, a particular substance. It's alcoholism, which means for me it's an illness 
that is only suppressed on a daily basis. It's the same as alcoholism. We have an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body. That's the illness. That's the illness with many other things. So we have to watch that because we're, we're talking about a disease. We're not just talking about a substance. And um, I'm so grateful to be starting it again with Vision for You also. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And let's move on. And Kim, would you read, please? Thanks, Monica. Because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recover, there exists strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume describing the AA recovery program has been left largely untouched in the course of revisions made for the second, third, and fourth editions. The section called The Doctor's Opinion has been kept intact just as it was originally written in 1939 by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, our society's great medical benefactor. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm just going to concentrate on two words, basic text. So this is a textbook. You know, this is a textbook to be studied, not a novel to be read. And that was one of the mistakes I made when I came in. I thought these were such cool stories, and it was so much fun to read about them. And I never read the front of the book. So this is a textbook. And if we got a math textbook, where we choose to read Chapter 1 today and Chapter 10 tomorrow and Chapter 2 the next day, do we think that if we decided just to do calculus, and we only know how to add and subtract, we're going to be able to do calculus? No. That's the same way this book is set up. This book is set up so each page builds on the next, so that the skill set and the understanding and the knowledge that they're putting forth is necessary so that we can go on to the next section. And now we are a 12-step program, and so often what we want to do is we want to work the 12 steps out of the OA 12 and 12 or out of the AA 12 and 12. Because it makes sense. Chapter 1 is, is step 1. Chapter 2 is step 2. Chapter 3 is step 3. But this book is the program of recovery. It is the 12 steps that is presented. So I just want to look at the table of contents. Let's look what that is. The doctor's opinion is step 1. That explains this twofold illness. If we don't explain what we're, if we don't understand what we're suffering from, why continue to go on? And what does that look like? What does that illness look like? It's Bill's story. That's the living, breathing example of the progression of the illness. And then we go into there is a solution, which transitions us from explaining the disease because it's letting us know what is the moderate eater, what is the heavy eater, what is the true compulsive overeater. And then we transition into what is the solution, which is step two. And what does step two say? Came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. So it's telling us we're insane. And more about alcoholism is the explanation of why I need a 12-step program. If this was a one-fold illness and all I had was an allergy, then I could get accident and be okay. It is the obsession of the mind that is the reason I am forced to do these steps. And more about alcoholism is the chapter about untreated alcoholism. What is life like if I am just abstinent only? Why, when I'm free from the allergy, do I, does my mind, that mental twist, make me make the decision to pick up? And then we agnostics doesn't try to teach us about God. It tries to get us to, get us to that point where we need a higher power. And then we work out how it works. On page 60, it says, being convinced we're at step three. So at that point, we've done the doctor's opinion and all these other chapters, which is 70-something pages, just to get us to come to that decision to do the work. And then we, how it works, it's steps three and four. And then we go into, into action, and it's steps five through 11. So that means it took us 70-something pages to come to the conclusion and make the decision. And then we can do steps three through 11 in 25 pages. And then chapter 7, working with others, is, is carrying this message to chapter 12. And how do we practice these principles in all of our affairs? To the wives, the family afterwards, and to the employers. 
And then we just completed a vision for you, which is going to show us how to create the fellowship we crave. This is a textbook to be studied. And by studying this textbook, we can create our own experience. I, too, am recovered today, not because of me, but because God has removed this obsession of the mind by me walking through this textbook, studying it, and applying the principles in it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Karen. Karen. Oh, I apologize. I had a problem this morning. Um, and I'd like to share on this paragraph. Um, uh, because this book has become the basic text for our society, and um, I just want to say that it, it really is the basic text. And I first saw this book when my dad was, drinking heavily, and two alcoholics came to our house with this book. And I just thought if I read this book for my food problem, it would solve it. But I also needed the fellowship because this is too complicated for me to understand just I, I, by myself with my own addict thinking. And I, I, so I'm grateful for the fellowship and grateful that, that this meeting helps me to understand my disease and recover and be recovered. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, Karen. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, let's move on to the next this paragraph. This is Katie. Oh, okay, Katie, um, go ahead. Hi, um, this is Katie, uh, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia, and you know, with these um, paragraphs say to me, they just jump out, you know, if I, if I was reading this book and sitting in my disease and thinking no one else thinks this way, you know, it just flashes cold water on the fact that we are not unique. 11,698,000 copies, I mean, people would not buy this book if they thought they were normal. People don't buy this book to put on their coffee table as a um, interesting, you know, history. It's people, people run to this book because they're looking for a solution. So, you know, it just, it just takes away any idea that I think that I am different and unique and no one else uh, understands and poor me and how am I ever going to get help because, you know, I'm so weird and no one else thinks this way. Well, this is just a big embrace of there are millions of people like me, and it's an anonymous program, so I don't have to tell people who don't understand what it's about, but I can, um, you know, as Karen just said, I don't just sit and read this book by myself at home. I need the fellowship from the meetings and from talking to my fellows of how once I've implemented these steps, I'm supposed to live out my life. Because life doesn't, everybody else doesn't just march to my drum because I have changed. Uh, there's still, you know, work to be done, even after the work has been done. There's always more work to be done because there's always a new um, adventure around the corner. And, you know, this book, if it did not exist, um, you know, I just can't even imagine where I would be today. And I'm so grateful with that I passed. Thank you, Katie. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Hoodie, would you read, please? Good morning, Monica. This this is Hoodie, a compulsive overeater, a recovered compulsive overeater. Added appendices, the twelve traditions, and the directions for getting in touch with AA. But the chief change was in the section of personal stories, which was expanded to reflect the fellowship's growth. Bill's story. Dr. Bob's Nightmare, and one other personal history from the first edition were retained intact. Three were edited, and one of these were retitled. New versions of two stories are written with new titles. Thirty completely new stories were added, and the story section was divided um, into three parts under the same headings um, that are used now. And... Um, I just, um, you know, I just wanted to um, share um, about this, the, the second new, the second edition um, over here. 
So Bill's story remained intact, Dr. Bob's nightmare and the other, but then they added the main, the main difference was in the personal stories where they had, since they had a growth in the fellowship, so they had many more stories of recovery, and so this enabled, it was like a collective um, book, and it was able to give the, these personal stories, were able to give the newcomer a chance to relate to someone, because every single story is different, and um, every situation, they're different, So, but we do share a common disease, and we have a solution, and this way, every newcomer were able to find somewhere to identify in and um, and learn and learn and study about this disease and about the solution and how to um, access the power that they could work this program of recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Debbie. This is Paula. Gael. I heard Debbie, Paula. Yael. Yael. Okay, go ahead, Debbie. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I am so, so grateful um, to have discovered this meeting in this program. I've been in the program since 1990 and have been struggling to get my abstinence back um, and was feeling rather hopeless until I tuned in this morning and saw that we were starting all over again with a book that was published in 1939, which was the year that I was born. And for me, that has a a real spiritual significance because I always thought that God was in my life and working to protect me and help me. And when I, in the 50s, I used to think to myself, if only I was an alcoholic, I would know where to go for help. Because I had never, I don't even know if there was uh, Overeaters Anonymous in in the 50s. But when I first heard about it um, in the 90s, I I was just so grateful. And the beginning, the fact that we're beginning again today gives me hope today, that I can begin today too. So I, I just learned so much from everyone and... And thank you for letting me share this. Thank you, Debbie, and keep studying with us. Paula, go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Arita. You know, I was as it was being read, but the chief change, if there was to be any change, was in the section of personal stories. Oh, now we're going to get personal. And that we are. Now, all of a sudden, what we read the paragraph before, Basic text for our society it has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recover. There exists a strong sentiment. And what is a sentiment? A sentiment is a thought. Oh, there it is. Always a thought in the mind. Prompted by emotion. Tenderness of feeling. Now we're going to drop it right down here. Those numbers now become names. How then the change? The book that was admired and read now is lived. The message that was delivered is now carried. And that's what we see as we move on just to the next paragraph. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Yael, go ahead. Oh, did you say yeah? I did. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was unmuting it. Yael, recovering compulsive overeater in Israel. Um, what really struck me when I was reading um, Doctor's opinion and um, Bill's story was um, was the fact that you know this was written in 1939 and it describes an illness and I felt that the book and everything it described and Bill's story. It was as if he was describing my life today. And to me, that signifies that this is a disease. It's not like, you know, a lot of things have changed over time, technology, whatever, but also like psychology and approaches to whatever it is, parenting and approaches to to, to self-growth and all these things. But, um, but this is 
this is an illness, and it's a. Uh, if it was discovered in '39, that if it was just like a mental thing, then maybe other approaches would have come along, and whatever may may have helped, may have uh, improved the situation. But the fact is that the fact that for me that he, the the description is to the T of things that I went through today also signifies to me that it's not just. The uh, uh, something that's regarding the the, the current times. It's it's something deeper. It's something that's ingrained in the way we we think, and, um, and that there is a component of a physiological aspect to it as well. Uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Yael. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Esther. Esther, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Esther. I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. Um, this paragraph that we read and the one that's coming up talk about the changes that were made to um, the big book. While we already spoke that the basic text has remained unchanged, the stories have been edited, revised, some were added, some were deleted. And one thing that I had learned was um, from my own sponsor was that um, the stories reflect... Um, those members who who um, had the experience of recovering and became recovered, meaning anyone who any story that you we read at the back of the book, they are either dead and died sober if they're not living anymore, or they if they're alive they continue to be sober. Anyone who has uh, drunk again, their story was deleted because they don't um, they're not um, a reflection of the experience of Alcoholics Anonymous, and although they may be articulate and have an interesting story to tell, theirs is not a story of recovery. So this was very important to me, that when I'm reading those stories at the back and being inspired by them, I'm not being inspired because they knew how to write well. I'm being inspired because they actually did what they said that they were going to do, and they're actually living proof that this program works. If if I'm reading a story, and and it's the case in some of the uh, literature some of our own literature and Overeaters Anonymous, if I'm reading a story and that person eventually picked up and left away, so that's not inspirational to me, right? I want to know, I want to hear the stories from the people whose lives have been transformed and who who stayed recovered. Um, So that's something that was important for me to learn, and, and of course, and I tell it to others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Esther. And let's move on to the next two paragraphs. And Rebecca, could you read, please? Good morning. This is Rebecca, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. In the third edition, Part 1, Pioneers of AA, was left unchanged. Nine of the stories in Part 2, They Stopped in Time, were carried over from the second edition. Eight new stories were added. In Part 3, they lost nearly all. Eight stories were retained. Five new ones were added. This fourth edition includes the 12 concepts for world service and revises the three sections of personal stories as follows. One new story has been added to Part 1 and two that originally appeared in Part 3 have been repositioned there. Six stories have been deleted. Six of the stories in Part 2 have been carried over. Eleven new ones have been added, and eleven taken out. Part 3 now includes 12 new stories. Eight were removed in addition to the two that were transferred to Part 1. And again, this is Rebecca, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And um, what these two paragraphs are reminding me of is that we have this awesome organization called Alcoholics Anonymous and one called Overeaters Anonymous. And um, we follow these traditions where... um, No one is in charge, and um, we're all equal. Yet we can come together and um, orchestrate this book and um, give it order and structure and uh, improve upon it without 
improving on the text, but at least on the way the stories are organized and the content of the stories in the back of the book to better deliver this message. And um, the stories are just awesome in the back of the book in terms of um, uh, their content and there's um, good guidance and advice and wisdom in those stories. And um, most of all, um, something for everyone to identify in so that we can read a story just like we hear when people give their um, leads and tell their own stories so that we can identify in and say, that's me, that's me, and if it could work for you, then maybe it could work for me too, and I'm willing to give this a try. And, um, you know, there's someone who I met in OA who didn't approve of a vision for you. She thought it was a flash in the pan, and she's waiting for it to um, go by the wayside, so she's not buying in. And I'm realizing that um, all we're doing is reading this book, and this book is no flash in the pan. This book has depth and weight and has been around for a long time without being changed, and um, it's here to stay for all of us and for 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 generations to come. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Would anyone like to comment on these two paragraphs? Star one to unmute. Okay, I'll take that as a no, and let's move on to the last paragraph. And Katie, can you read, please? Sorry about that. Can you mm-hmm. hear me? I can. Okay, as in all changes made? Yes. All changes made over the years in the big book, AA members, Bond's nickname for this volume, have had the same purpose, to represent the current membership of Alcoholics Anonymous more accurately and thereby to reach more alcoholics. If you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me. Or more important, yes, I felt like that. Or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And I'm Katie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and uh, so grateful to be here after and sober by the grace of God. And I mean, I guess that second part of the story that I started talking about when I first, um, you know, shared this morning about not relating to people in this book, not relating to um, what was being said was that I actually... Um, put down, you know, what the back of the book called, there is one thing that will never fail to keep you in everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt or disdain or doubt or bitter scorn prior to investigation, right? And, um, you know, what I like to share is if what you're doing is working so well for you, then why are you here? Because I didn't come here because my life needed a little bit of Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, my ego was pretty shot. And uh, when I had to come into Overeaters Anonymous, I was not too thrilled. But let me tell you, when I read um, the stories, the stories were very, very instrumental in terms of just capturing my attention. In terms of, wow, like in the story, um, what do they call it now, KDF, acceptance was the answer, um, which was used to be called Dr. Alcoholic Addict. The, the length that he went to to get to bed at night, you know, because he was so afraid of lying there. You know, I could relate. I could identify in. But even more importantly, it is not just that we sit here and we say, yeah, I used to binge my brains out. I used to drink Ipecac. I used to take laxatives. I used to, you know, think that the best thing that could happen to me was a hot fudge Sunday. It's, yeah, oh, my gosh. I relate to that jaywalker. I relate to the insanity of doing something over and over again. But wait, they're not doing that anymore. They have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If it's working for them, why the heck not? 
you know, and I got to a point in my disease where it was like, yeah, I, I've tried everything else. I don't know what else to do anymore, you know, and I better, I might as well throw my life into this. And I spent a lot of time in the rooms just being abstinent and being absolutely crazy with my life. And it was even more important to see, you know, in the doctor's opinion, my life was based on self-centered fear. I made all my decisions based on my self-centered fear. What's going to happen to me? What about me? Who's thinking of me? And I had to have an entire psychic change. And if it works for a bunch of drunks, you know, way back in 1930, whatever, I'm sorry, I'm not good with numbers, then why the heck not would it work for me? And um, and that's what's so powerful about these meetings is that I hear people living with problems in the past that I used to engage in or that maybe maybe I'm just calling in today for the first time and you all are hearing something. Yeah, I used to do that too, Katie. I, I, I'm 228 pounds right now. There is hope for all of us on this line. And if you don't believe it, you know, try reading this book. Open your mind, you know. And like my sponsor said to me, if what you're doing is working so well, keep it up. But if it's not, open your mind because these, this book is a powerful, powerful message and has something wonderful to share. And it is a privilege to continue to learn from it each day. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Monica. Again, um, it says if you have a if you have a drinking problem. So if we do, if we are compulsive overeaters, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the forty-two personal stories and think, "Yes, this happened to me," or more important, "Yes, I felt like that," and most important, "Yes, I believe this program can work for me too." And, uh, you know, I came into OA in 1994, and the third edition was out at that time, and I loved the big book. I never read the first 164 pages, but I loved big book meetings, and I loved these stories about these funny people and the tragic stories and how they overcame them. And when the new fourth edition came up, I was so angry and so upset. And I remember what Katie just said, looking for Dr. Alcoholic Addict, and it wasn't there, and I found out it changed the name, and there was a story about a woman used to hide her bottles in her laundry basket and that was taken out and it was just it was I was so dependent on the stories. And that was because I was trying to stay sober on other people's experiences. I was thinking if I could read these stories and that kept me terrified. You know, remember your last drink. Remember your last drink and you will never drink again, which is one of the things I was taught. And what I have to rec what I had to recognize is that if if fear and the fellowship is the only thing that's keeping me sober, then that's just luck. That is just luck that I'm staying sober, which is why I went into relapse over and over and over. As wonderful as the stories are in the back, the only purpose of them, they're letting us know, is to say, yes, this happened to me. Yes, I felt like that. Yes, I believe this program can work for me to motivate us to come to the first 164 pages and work directions. So we heard all the changes that were made. The changes were there to reflect the fellowship. They, but the actual directions have never changed. And until I get to the point where I am ready to work the directions, the stories will just be very interesting things I can read between my binges. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Philomena, Leah. Philomena, and then Leah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Philomena, a recovered compulsive reader. I'd just like to take two words, basic text and directions. Um, I am so grateful that uh, someone led me to this meeting. Uh, they listened to their higher power and reached out, and, and here I am. I'm so grateful for that because um, I was looking for directions. I was looking for directions and I asked, I had all these questions and no one could answer them. And they've all been done so graciously in this, from this book. Uh, and I just realized that um, it's precise directions for recovery. That's what, that's what I was looking for, precise directions. And um, 
personality change, a psychic change, and a spiritual awakening. And it's all happened for me at the happiest time in my life that I am present to to enjoy what's happening in my life today. And it's all because of following directions and doing the steps. And today, last, last couple nights, I've been working side-by-side uh, side with someone, and it's just beautiful to be able to go through this book and follow the directions uh, that were given to me. And it's, uh, there's, no, there's no fear. It's just joy. It's absolute joy in helping someone else now. And that's not how it was before because I, I wasn't given the directions. I was on my own. I remember my, one of my sponsors told me, read five pages every night and send me an email. And then when I did the 164 pages, he said, do it again. I was so upset, frustrated, because I wasn't getting anything out of this book on my own. I needed to be in a meeting like this to be able to learn from all of you. And I am so grateful for that because now we're doing this over and over again, and it's a complete joy because to do, I have to do it over and over again to keep my psychic change, to keep my spiritual awakenings happening. And um, next to the Bible, this book is the most important book in my life. And I just want to say thank you to all, and I pass. Thank you, Philomena. Leah, go ahead. Thank you so much. It says, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 44 personal stories and think, 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me, or more important, yes, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. I mean, obviously, when when this book came off the press, it was aimed at those people who would not be able to meet anyone from AA because at the time it was published, AA was centered um, in New York City, it was centered in Akron, it was centered in Cleveland, Ohio. So essentially these stories um, came off the press to be a 12-step call. You know, they wouldn't always be able to uh, meet with these people personally. Um, So these stories in the back offered an opportunity for these alcoholics um, around the globe to identify in. You know, essentially the big book was written as a do-it-yourself manual. It's a textbook, um, and it was written as a do-it-yourself manual. Now we've been blessed with a lot of fellowships, obviously. Um, But, you know, I I love, uh, you know, what it says on 18, um, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. You know, these varieties of um, stories in the back over the years, um, you know, represent the results of the program of recovery. And whether you're reading a story in the back or whether you're hearing a variety of voices on this line, we come forward with a message of a very specific solution that we have implemented these steps as clearly written in this book. And we have had a result, the result, and that is a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And these... um, these recovered people are sharing or we are sharing on this line not anything based on personal philosophy or personal opinion. We come forward um, as a group who would normally not mix young and old, people who have not even met, white, black, male, female, from every different uh religiosity and and educational background, and we come together and we stand together on the specific message that you do not have to live that way anymore. We don't live that way anymore. We have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The greater aspect of our disease has been expelled. The obsession of the mind has been driven out, and we are free. And if that could happen for me, and if that could happen for a variety of people in the back of the book, and if that could happen for a variety of people on this very line, then that can be the message of hope for you, too. And with that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Leah. And yes, we definitely want to express here a message of hope. You know, and with the what was written on the title page, how many thousands of men and women have recovered. They're different today. They've solved the drink problem. And there's three questions, or in a sense, there could be three questions in this last paragraph. Number one, do you have a problem? Can you identify? And can you believe it will work for you? And all of these stories in the back of the book are, hopeful, are there so that hopefully we can identify with at least one of them and see that, yes, there's hope. See, yes, there's a solution. Because those stories show how people connected with God. And God is the solution here. And with that, I will pass. And we've run out of time this morning. And I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Hoodie, can you read a vision for you, please? Certainly, Monica, this is Hoodie, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.